This is, of course, the sound of a passing train. And I am Stacy Julian with episode 83 of Exactly Enough Time. This is a podcast about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have to enjoy the people, places, and things important to you. Did you know? We can choose to be curious and playful, to live with intention, and to create connection. I am a life enthusiast and a believer. I tell stories, and I'm so grateful that you are here. Thank you for listening. Hey, 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 it's podcast day. So did I ever tell you what my boss at Simple Scrapbooks Magazine used to say to me? So I'm someone who gets lots of ideas and when I share them, I really just want an initial like nod of approval or yeah, that's a really good idea. You should pursue that. <laughs> but instead, when I um, what I got over and over again from this particular person whose approval I required, uh, was usually something along the lines of, oh, <laughs> stop bringing me your half-baked ideas. Meaning, he couldn't give me a green light because I had failed to flesh out in enough detail all the specifics, particularly the specifics associated with cost and ROI and those kind of things that I'm not very good at. So I'm sharing this today because the episode that I'm recording... It's going to be very Stacy-esque. It's going to be a little underdone. I'm hoping that you will take what I share and just finish baking it <laughs> in your own oven. Um, I'm going to speak metaphorically and I need you to think in terms of pictures and parallels. But before that, you guys, thank you for new reviews on iTunes. I'm so truly grateful. I love that there are people listening and that you will take the time to share what you enjoy about my podcast. I'm going to read you two recent reviews. Okay, this first one is from Miss Jen, nope, Miss Jenna Nicole. <gasps> Stacy's podcast is great, not just for scrapbookers, but all creatives. She covers such interesting topics and talks to all sorts of interesting people. Stacy is a positive light. Listening to her makes me feel lifted up instead of brought down. Good job, Stacy. Wow, that is the nicest review. That it, that's exactly what I'm hoping to do. And it just means so much that you took the time to share that with me. Thank you. And this next one is from Mom of Eight and Loving It. I love this podcast so much. I honestly know that after I have listened to it, I will feel just a bit more joy in my day. Stacy is honest but positive and always looks to find good in all things. She helps me, one, to remember that life is precious and to take the time to make it count and to enjoy it. <gasps> Again, I'm kind of blown away and totally humbled. So thank you. Thank you. Keep them coming because it just is so encouraging <laughs> for me when I get to hear back from you. And I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. So why the train noise? 
Um, I want to compare a moving train to an experience, a time period, or even a life. And I think trains are kind of cool. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, sometimes when it's quiet towards the evening or early morning, I will actually hear the trains that run parallel to the interstate um, in my area. And uh, sometimes when I'm crossing the valley the other direction, I am stopped by a train. But in reality, we're a couple generations removed from the people who loved trains when they were a really big deal, a really integral part of life and travel. So to get you in the mood for our theme of trains today, I'm going to tell you a couple of jokes, like the fact that I love one-liners, and that's why I'm a fan of monorails. (gasps) I once asked a train engineer how many times his train had derailed, and he said, I'm not sure, it's hard to keep track. And what's the difference between a teacher and a railway security guard? Well, of course, one trains the mind and the other minds the trains. Most of the time, we can't see the engine on a train and the caboose or the last car at the same time because our point of reference, our position in relation to the train is either too close to the tracks or when we're driving, let's say, parallel to a moving train, whether whether we're traveling in the same direction or not, you know, we're, we're limited by just what we can see in any given moment. So let's compare a moving train to an experience or a time period. We often anticipate the beginning of something like a new school year, a child starting high school, a job, a project, or even something challenging like a round of chemo or a difficult decision or a conversation. We see it coming. We definitely think about how it might play out. Sometimes we even decide ahead of time how it should go. And yet, the actual moment that it starts, when we get sort of scooped up to become part of whatever it is, That moment often happens so quickly, it it passes us with such velocity that that we miss it. And suddenly we're just in it and it's part of us. And then before we know it, it's actually gone past. It's moved through our awareness and our experience. I think we could consider COVID-19 like a train. Now, before I dive in, I want to recognize our diversity of experiences with this pandemic. Um, What I think and feel is not what you think and feel. Individual circumstances in 2020 are vastly different. And even two people dealing with similar circumstances experience those circumstances in completely unique ways. If you or a loved one has become sick, possibly hospitalized, then these last months are cloaked in serious and likely somber emotions. While many of us, luckily, are just encountering annoyances like canceled events and limited freedom and enforced mask wearing. My husband actually shared an article with me that he found in the Wall Street Journal, written from the perspective of one man living in New York City. Part of what he writes, throughout this crisis, we've seen a division. One group, the pajama wearers, can work from home indefinitely, never leaving their couches. They happily collect their checks and spend their time smug in the satisfaction that they have handled this pandemic flawlessly. They bake bread, 
They buy a Peloton bike and they post to Instagram pictures of sunrises from vacation homes. They're happy to listen to every backward directive from elected officials. They haven't suffered like their fellow New Yorkers. And then listen to this. Extrapolation is far easier to claim than it is to do. That person across the counter or the web from you probably has very different experiences, beliefs, and expectations than you do. Starting with your experience and assuming it matches theirs is a trap. When I read this in Seth Godin's blog post today, I said, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. So regardless of what your personal experience has been with this pandemic, I think we can agree that COVID-19, or I should say the COVID train, is a type of liminal space. Okay, so the word liminal comes from the Latin root limen, which means threshold. The liminal space is the crossing over space. It's a space where you have left something behind, yet you are not fully into something else. So it's a transition. It's the in-between, the space between no longer and not yet. I'm pretty sure you can picture this. You're driving along a road toward your destination when just ahead you hear the bells and then see the lights at the train crossing. Sure enough, the barrier comes down and your immediate progress is halted. You can't easily turn around or go back. You're forced to just sit and wait. This is a liminal space. You can't move ahead and going back is also not an option. So depending on where you're headed and what time you were planning to arrive, your thoughts may create different emotions and even a different outcome. Sometimes it's kind of fun to be stopped by a train and other times it's completely annoying. What's funny is that we're so good at assuming or predicting what things will look like or how they will play out when in reality we have never been able to predict anything in the future. I mean, we can plan for sure and preparation is super helpful, but we really can't know what will happen next. My family recently witnessed an automobile accident. We were stopped at a corner gas station getting gas when we heard a horrific sound. What we saw was sickening. One car spinning mid-air and another smashed and careening across the intersection. Trust me, and I know you know this, no one set out that day to miscalculate or to not see reality or to total their car. I guess that's why we call it an accident. And even in our car, There were different perspectives about what had just happened and why. We drove away with a terrible feeling. And as we debated, it was very interesting how different our presumptions or ideas were about what had just happened and what we had all witnessed. For weeks following that accident, I thought of it every time I approached that intersection. So... I know my topic is trains, not cars, but you guys, perspective is everything. 
Now, I've mentioned the story podcast before, and I'll definitely link to the episode in the show notes that I just listened to with guest Apollo Robbins. So Apollo Robbins is an American sleight of hand artist. I first heard that and I thought, what? What does that even mean? Well, sometimes he's called the gentleman's thief or as coined by Forbes magazine, an artful manipulator of awareness. If you're still wondering what Apollo does, (laughs) he can steal your watch right off your wrist. He can take your wallet from your back pocket or your phone from inside your jacket. It is crazy to watch. But Apollo says that perspective is simply attention. And he knows how to subtly shift someone's attention so that they become unaware of what is really happening. So he now speaks and presents and teaches about the importance of the attention or attention economy, which is just obtaining a clearer understanding of how you spend your attention, like who and what you are focused on and where else, or questioning where else you could invest your your attention for a different kind of return. It's so fascinating. Apollo's wife says it this way, what if what is, isn't? (gasps) That's a good question to ask because your personal truth can expire. And often in liminal space, the story we tell ourselves tends to drift downward to a place of fear. And once fear is introduced, it's hard to remove. But remember that you are the narrator. You control not only the story, but how the story is told. So the trick, according to Apollo, is to keep asking new questions that challenge the old answers. Okay, Back to my train analogy. (laughs) My experience is that the more difficult episodes or trains in life are the ones that teach us the most. I mean, certainly we can learn teamwork and cooperation from playing on a title winning team, and we can absolutely develop self trust from setting and working towards and achieving personal goals. But looking back on my 50 plus years, it is the upside down, gut wrenching times that generate the soul searching, the humble seeking for direction, and ultimately the character shaping. So back in February, Valentine's Day to be exact, I had a singular experience. I was driving home from Seattle through the central part of the state of Washington and I crested a hill and began driving down the other side into a wide valley. And as I scanned the horizon, guess what I saw? I saw the beginning and the end of a train. Now, I'm not exactly sure why, but this image really struck me. And my mind began to think almost instantaneously, like in metaphors. So this episode today originated back in February. And of course, I did not know the train that was headed our way, the COVID train. But I started to think about experiences in life where the beginning of something is exciting or kind of exhilarating or new, novel. You know, you hear the train coming and then suddenly it flies by and swoops you up and your attention is just like 
hyper-focused and you're like, wow, you know, it's so loud and fast and it's kind of mesmerizing. And, and if you don't forget, then you start counting the cars and it's kind of fun and challenging, right? To keep track of all the, the cars as they fly by. And you wonder, you wonder if maybe there's a hundred cars on this train and that would be so cool. And if you have people in the car with your children, especially, it's really fun to count, right? 21, 22, 23, 24. But then at some point you lose count, 87, 89, or focus, right? And then you're just in the middle of the train and there seems like this endless clicking and clacking as the boxcars, you know, move past with varying amounts of graffiti, but definitely not enough to make them distinct or exciting. This is like the life train, the part of any experience where yeah, the newness, the novelty has worn off and the drudgery has set in. I mean, wouldn't you agree that there are endless days or scenes in the middle of an of a experienced train that, that you forget to be amazed, right? You lose sight of what's actually happen, happening and you just hope that the end is in sight. I mean, how long can this possibly go on? <laughs> Am I going to see the end soon or is there anyone who could tell me when this is going to be over, how long is this going to last? And are we going to be able to move past and get back to quote unquote normal? And then all of a sudden you catch a glimpse of what looks like it might be the end of the train. You can't make it out. You can't actually see the final car, but you can definitely see that there's an end coming. And again, there's kind of a rush of excitement and oh my gosh, I actually can't believe it. And then boom, it flies by the last car. It speeds by just as fast as any other car, but it seems faster and you watch it and it disappears so quickly. The gate goes up and you get back on your way. Yay! But then, at least in my analogy, my metaphor, there's often this brief moment of, that was a nice train. <laughs> like, trains really are kind of cool and in a way, it's sad to see them go. You think, dang, I should have hung in there with my counting. Next time. Sometimes as I drive off, I even wonder, what was in all those box cars and oil tankers? I wonder where they originated and where they're actually headed. Wouldn't it be weird to know that something that I'm going to buy for a loved one for, say, Christmas actually just careened by me in August? packed in a box, headed to a, I don't know, Amazon warehouse? What a crazy, but really not so far out idea. Anyway, I'm super done with this pandemic, but I predict that next summer, let's hope this COVID-19 train is a distant memory by then, but I can almost guarantee that I will at some point in the future say something like, you know what I miss about the COVID pandemic? Or, the thing is, when we were all in lockdown, we dot 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 fill in the blank, right? I seriously believe that there will be things we miss about what we are living through right now, even as it frustrates and stretches us. So, back to this day when I was driving home and I could see the beginning and the end of the train. I had two thoughts. Thought number one, 
I love a big picture perspective. In this case, realizing at first how long that train was, but then just as quickly how not long it was. The fact that I could see the whole thing as it moved seemingly slowly across that valley. I actually thought, that's crazy that one engine car can get all those other cars moving and keep them moving. And then I realized there were two engine cars, but still. My second thought was that of the importance of finding perspectives and people that can help us see the end from the beginning. I mean, I love and prioritize a religious or a faith-filled perspective, and you know this by now. I believe in God. I believe he knows me from the beginning and I love that by praying, I get to check in with him. And, and through the Spirit, he can whisper to my mind and my heart. He can inspire me with ideas or encourage me to stay the course or to make adjustments, to deepen my appreciation, to slow down and express more gratitude. But there are other ways of expanding your perspective. You can listen to or read other people's thoughts and observations. The more you engage in mature dialogue, the more you'll be able to question your own personal reality, your truth, which might expire or need to expire. What's my conclusion? Well, that's where you come in. I would love to hear where you go from here. I, I know that this too shall pass. I know that some point in the future, we will look at this COVID train just like I saw that train in that valley as something kind of interesting, something that I can observe from a perspective removed, like any other historical episode, something super interesting, something that caused a division among people and also brought people together. As I've thought about what my perspective someday will be, I want to issue a challenge to myself and to you that we make a list, maybe 20, a list of 20 things because it's 2020. (laughs) But let's make a list of things that we've learned or maybe just things that we already knew that have been confirmed, things that we've observed during this pandemic. What do you want to take away to remember and to be able to share with some personal insight? What wisdom will be harvested from the seeds planted during the spring and summer and fall of 2020? What is it that has been innovated, whether in our own minds or in our world, that will soon be taken for granted? Now, here's just kind of for fun. But did you know that a fear of trains is called siderodromophobia, if I'm saying that right? A big concern a century and a half ago was that women's bodies were not designed to move at 50 miles an hour. It was suggested that women not ride on trains because their reproductive organs might just fall out if they boarded a train and the train exceeded 50 miles an hour. 
spoiler alert 1860, <laughs> they will not. Women are okay on trains. Others, a long time ago, thought that the human body, male or female, might simply melt away at such high speeds. No matter how odd they might seem now, back then, people's fears were very real to them, just as real as ours are to us today. It's interesting. I'm going to leave you, and possibly this failed train experiment, with a quote that I love from Gordon B. Hinckley. Anyone who imagines that bliss is normal is going to waste a lot of time running around shouting that she's been robbed. Most putts don't drop. Most beef is tough. Most children grow up to just be people. Most successful marriages require a high degree of mutual toleration. Most jobs are more often dull than otherwise. Life, and this is where you think about trains, is like an old-time rail journey. Delays, sidetracks, smoke, dust, cinders, and jolts, interspersed only occasionally by beautiful vistas and thrilling bursts of speed. The trick is to thank the Lord for letting you have the ride. Wise words indeed. So that's it. That's all I've got for you. Some just random thoughts about trains and COVID. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts after listening to this episode. And I'm still anticipating some speak pipe messages from you about having fun in families. I have a couple, but I need more. So send those my way. To send me a SpeakPipe message, you go to stacyjulian.com, click on podcast, and then click into any of the individual posts or show notes. And on the sidebar, there's a big orange button and you follow the directions. I absolutely love playing your messages, your voice, sharing your thoughts. I'm going to play a message right now from Tracy Shelton. It's one she left me after I interviewed my two missionary boys back in episode 74. Hello. Thank you for having Trey and Taft on this week and explaining the role as missionaries. I needed to hear that. That was fabulous information for somebody who opens the door to a missionary who's scared and just wants to close the door because I don't want to be converted. I'm very happy in my faith and to hear that they just want to come in and explain and give a testimony and talk about who they are. And it's okay that they don't convert me with such an eye opener. The next time a missionary comes to my door, I will definitely listen with an open heart and an open ear instead of wanting to close the door on them and hide and run away. And by the way, I will let them do my dishes. (laughs) Every time I listen to that message, I just chuckle because Tracy, that is the nicest thing for you to say. It's not an easy thing to bring your children on a podcast, especially if you're talking about your faith, religion. So that was so comforting for you to reach out to me with that big hearted message. And I just want to thank you for it. And I am going 
to send you a story starter kit from my story by Stacy line with close to my heart shout out to close to my heart for sponsoring me in this way Tracy and everyone else Imagine what would happen in our world right now if we just decided to listen to each other and to respond with support and curiosity. Oh my goodness, thank you for your example of doing just that. I love you guys. I appreciate the opportunity to create a podcast for you and I appreciate so much that you listen each week. Have a fantastic day. Go get something done that makes you happy and come back next Thursday for another episode of Exactly Enough Time.